In the Pits is partnered with 71 Designs, owned and operated by veteran Wade Martin, and partnered with fellow Texas brand Compete. 71 Designs can take your ideas for soft goods, merchandise, and casual wear and make them a reality. Message 71 Designs on Facebook or Instagram to get started today. In the Pits is partnered with Podrunners Union. Follow Podrunners Union on Instagram to find strength in union and celebrate our sports pit crew. Send in photos to represent your union local and be featured. Stealing pods for undeserving teams. It's a living. In the Pits is partnered with YI Paintball. Paintball, there's nothing like it. On the field or off, it's not just a sport, it's a community. The people, our people, come from all over with vastly different lives during the week. But come time for paintball, we're one community with a lot of stories about why. Follow YI Paintball on Instagram and meet the members of the paintball community. Learn about how they started, what their journey has been, and their ultimate why. Why paintball? What's your why? In the Pits is partnered with Hydra. Designed by players, for players, you can outfit yourself in Hydra gear from head to toe. Have confidence that when you make a purchase from Hydra, you are purchasing a well-tested and well-thought-out product, trusted by several top teams, including first-place semi-pro team, paintballfit.com. I personally recommend their Hydra Black knee pads. Purchases over $100 receive free shipping. Head to hydra.fit to browse their selection and discover the Hydra mentality. In the Pits is partnered with XTPL Events. The Extreme Tournament Paintball League is a series put on by the Lukau family of Paintball Fit fame that gives the opportunity for players to learn and grow together as a team. Three-man, Challengers and Champions X-Ball, Draft Mech X-Ball, and even Youth 3v3, there's something for everyone at XTPL. Not to mention prize tosses, raffles, and the infamous Paintball Munching Contest. Events happen throughout the year, and the prizes never disappoint. Sign up for an XTPL event today on PB Leagues. In the Pits is partnered with Bem Raps. Behind every mask is a unique and creative player. Tap into it when you order your next custom headpiece. Their Build-A-Band lets you communicate with them one-on-one to make your order just the way you want, all the way down to the color of the stitch. Check out their Instagram, at BEMRAPS, for drops and build videos of them working on orders. They offer very competitive pricing, so reach out today to get started on your own one-of-a-kind headpiece. In the Pits is partnered with Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. Based in Austin and servicing the surrounding areas, these Golden Eagles will bring life to any event you are having, from birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, corporate events, or even a simple performance to enjoy. Guillermo Padilla, one of their trumpet players, is also a member of the Texas paintball scene. Visit them on Facebook and Instagram to check out some of their past performances, or give them a call to book them for your event today. In the Pits is partnered with Skull Monkeys Paintball. Equip, engage, excel. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get That underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get That Shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. 
Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X-Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at Paintball Kumite on Instagram. Welcome everybody to episode 78 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week we'll have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I am Christian Dallas-Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans. In this episode, we are going In the Pits with Anthony Vitale. And uh, help me make sure I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Is it is it Vitale? No, that's a great pronunciation. One of uh, the few that gets it right. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, this is Anthony Vitale. He wears very many hats in the paintball scene and paintball community. So many that I couldn't fit them all into the title for this episode. Uh, so he is the owner of BKI paintball, the owner of team USA, the owner of the WNXL pro team, the heroines, also the owner of Boston paintball and of committed paintball. So Anthony, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Um, thanks for having me on. Well, uh, thank you for uh, taking some time out for this. I know that even though we're in the off season, things are uh, getting starting to ramp up. We get pretty busy looking uh, ahead to your uh, event here in February. That's actually going to be here in Texas. Yeah, there is real no off season, right? So there's a lot of preparation that goes in. Um, a lot of uh, I do want to quickly say that I am the co-owner of the WNXL Her Heroines uh, along with Lori Miller as well as Team USA, Boston Paintball, all those things. We have some great uh, other partners that are in there. So I don't want to take all the credit, and uh, I will take most of the blame, but I definitely can't take all of the credit. Well, uh, I know that, I mean, it, it takes a village to to run a lot of these things, or it takes a very good team. But uh, you, I definitely want to make sure to highlight all of the things that you do for uh, the paintball scene as a whole. I appreciate that. All right, so let's uh, go ahead and get started. This first question is brought to us by XTPL Events. So for those listening that maybe don't know about you, how long have you been involved in the paintball scene? Um, I started playing paintball, the actual sport, in the mid-'80s. But as far as the paintball scene, I would say 1989, 1990 is when I actually got into the industry. I created a a paintball club at Boston University. It was one of the first college clubs ever to be created. And um, it quickly started up my own business to support that paintball club. And then in 1992, quickly um, started Boston Paintball. And that's where it all started in Boston and the inner city. We started an indoor field. And um, it was one of the first indoor fields in the country, never mind uh, in, the, in Boston for sure. It was the number, first one. 
Cool. So uh, you started the you started with the college club, which NCPA is something very near and dear to me. That's where I got my start in paintball with the Texas Longhorns and so many others that are listening uh, also with the NCPA. So um, you started out pretty early on. You got into the business side of things. But uh, did you ever spend some significant time as a player or as a coach of a team? Yeah, just like all of us, or not all of us, but most of us that are field owners or business people in the industry that started really early, started as an advocate, as a player, and um, quickly I was into tournaments in the in the late 80s, you know, definitely dating myself, but my first tournament was a 15-player tournament with pump guns, and uh, quickly went to 10-man, and I played on the pro team, New England Express, um, we played pro for about two or three years and then started playing with teams like the enemy out of chicago which was a aftershock sister team and then played with boston paintball factory played a lot of years seven seven player nppl and then probably stopped mid 2000s really traveling to all playing all five events and um, started concentrating more on the business side not that I wasn't doing a lot of business stuff and uh, through up and through 2005, it just stopped playing. For me, it was more, I played with all my friends and all the people. I was lucky to keep our core group together for the most part for 15 years. And once we all decided together that we weren't feeling it anymore on the competitive side, we stopped playing together. Gotcha. And uh, since then you've been much more focused on kind of the the business side, but at, at the same time, you've also kind of come back in as the owner of uh, this WNXL team, the Heroin. So um, has your involvement like kind of gone in and out as far as being involved with teams or not involved with teams or has uh, like playing or uh, paintball teams and organizations kind of always been a part of it? Yeah, tr- Choosing the path, getting a clear path for players has always been something that we were truly interested in. Uh, Laurie and myself um, created the Boston like the Boston Paintball Combine, which started just doing it locally and had some pro teams like the Hurricanes helping us at the very beginning, which is, you know, the seven-man New England Hurricanes. They helped us with some of the first combines we ever ran. And then as things grew, um, we started doing things more on a national level. We brought in different professors. Uh, that's when Ryan Greenspan, Nick Slowiak, Nikki Cuba, some of those guys really started to help us develop more of a national brand for it. That's when I met Grayson and uh, we started working together. And when Grayson uh, eventually wanted to evolve out of BKI, he's, you know, he was recommended that you know, we were the only ones really capable of taking it over. Well, uh, since y'all have taken it over, it seems to have definitely like greatly expanded in its scope. Uh, I've been, I've had an account on it for quite some time and it's really cool to see like y'all cover just about everything that you can think of from uh, like basic positioning or uh, how to hold or pull up off the box or even, you know, things like um, how, how big should your tank be uh, on your marker setup? Yeah, we are lucky to have such a really good staff of professors that they do cover a wide variety um, from real high level stuff, film breakdown, the communication to really um, adapting to what's happening onto the field, 
re- real time to the more basic things, like you said, of just looking in your gear bag and making sure your tank is the you know right length from your elbow to your wrist and, and making sure all your gear is comfortable. So, um, yeah, you can start. You can start on that curriculum inside there. It's 400 plus videos uh, and breakdowns. And so there's, yeah, it'll keep you busy for a while in there. Oh, definitely. And y'all are adding new stuff to it all the time, especially like, uh, like field breakdowns for the upcoming NXL events. That's really super helpful for any teams that are not quite sure how they should go about it. Yeah. And like you said, we, we add all the time. Tyler Harmon's been a big contributor this year. And um, next year is our 10 year anniversary. So Grayson started in 2014 and next year will be, uh, you know, the start of our 10th year. So we have a lot of big things planned. We have every professor is coming out with like a monthly masterclass. January will start off with, uh, with the GOAT himself. Ryan Greenspan's got a masterclass on communication coming out in January. So there'll be, um, every week there'll be a class dropped uh, throughout 2024. So we're excited for that. Very cool. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to it. Uh, but let's go ahead and, and back up a little bit as far as your personal story. So what was, and this one's brought to us by Skull Monkeys Paintball, which is a team up in New York. Uh, so tell us about uh, what got you into paintball to begin with. Uh, I guess it was a Bass Pro magazine. You know, I used to be big into fishing. I guess I'm still big into fishing, but um looking through there one day and saw that a green splat master pistol in the mid eighties and said, man, I got to have one of those. So got one shot a little bit, got two so I could shoot my brother. And then, uh, just kind of really grew from there. Got it. Well, uh, it seems like some, uh, most everybody is kind of, uh, you know, typical birthday party kid, but there were quite, uh, there were quite a few that I've had on that have been, uh, they were initially drawn in by the magazines. And, uh, unfortunately that's a little bit before my time, but, uh, yeah, that's, it's been cool. It's been, it's been cool to hear and see like some of it start to come back or, uh, some projects here and there kind of trying to revitalize that, that, uh, part of history of paintball. Yeah, you know, obviously we were, I was pre-birthday party uh, <laughs> getting into paintball, but I will say that Boston Paintball has created a lot of birthday parties uh, over the years that have got a lot of people into playing. It's, it's pretty cool to see some of the 14-year-olds that have played at a birthday party that have come full circle and they might have played through our local series, then they played nationally. Now they're bringing their kids back and their kids are now playing and, and having a birthday party at my field. So it's pretty cool to see that go full circle. Oh yeah, for sure. So with all the time that you've been in the game and this one's brought to us by pod runners union, uh, what are some things that have changed within the paintball scene, either for better or for worse over that time? Um, I mean, there's been a lot of evolution, right? Even in media, like we're on a podcast right now where you didn't have this interaction. You didn't have something that was being, updated so quickly with all the media. So I would say you know, media has been a very good positive thing. We started off being hopefully to be back in the back of a paintball news or a, or a paintball magazine where you would be, they'd rank the top 300 teams and you'd hope to be like number 95 or something and slowly being brought up. Or maybe there was an article of you winning a local tournament or a national tournament, but 
I would say media has been something definitely positive that has been happening. Um, that is definitely in, engaged more players and as much engagement as you can get with any type of fan base is going to keep people in the game longer and it's going to create a better experience for them. So that's really what we at Boston Paintball have always been trying to do is just create a really good experience. And if we do that, then hopefully they're going to come back. They're going to tell their friends and that's how paintball grows ultimately. So I want to say thank you to yourself and, and all those other media outlets that are doing a really good, good job of getting players to engage. I, I appreciate that. And I think especially post COVID we've seen just a massive golden age within media, uh, not just with podcasts, but also with videographers getting their content out. You're seeing, uh, since the creation of the reels format and the shorts format, uh, those have been blowing up, especially with, uh, guys like verbal and, uh, Ryan Moffitt, other other uh, photographers and videographers out there that are just constantly pumping the content. It uh, seems like we're uh, slowly but surely getting more and more into kind of the mainstream eye there. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that does come back to the when you said what are the things that have evolved or changed over my time is that when PayPal first got going, it was exploding. Anybody could open a field and really be successful. And then when we went through the late 2000s and you have kind of that slump during 2008, then now you had to really experience, uh, create a good experience. And some of those fields didn't survive. And in some ways that attrition has is, is helped paintball in the sense that hopefully fields are putting out a good experience and that leads to people buying equipment and really investing in the sport. Cause that's really the biggest hurdle that this industry has is getting people to enjoy paintball enough that they'll actually invest in paintball, buy equipment and take it that next step further. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we're kind of seeing the, the arms race there or, or not so much an arms race, but like continuously setting uh, the bar higher and higher with uh, some of these fields, such as your own field, such as uh, paintball fit here in Texas, uh, just continually elevating the uh, the players' experience and the the new members' experience, and just welcoming them in, welcoming them in in uh, new ways and much friendlier ways than have been in the past. No, I agree. I think fifty cal uh, for the industry has been good. Uh, allowing people to get into it a little bit less painful or less impactful. And when we did a poll, I remember in the early 2000s, the three big things of why people stopped playing paintball is because it hurts. They, you know, Rambos, they were playing against Rambos and, uh, and they really couldn't find a field near them because there wasn't as many in some of those remote locations. But I think the industry has pivoted and tried to remedy that and again, those fields that are doing it right, not even just tournament fields, even the really fields that are catering towards the rec players have done a good job of separating people with their own equipment, um, using different products like low impact, jelly ball, whatever it may be to get people uh, having a really good experience that first time. And then hopefully they graduate up and up and, and end up being um, equipment owners. For sure. And uh that's part of part of why the you know paintball and especially on the tournament side has slowly but surely been growing and why things like this past NXL being the biggest paintball event ever, 
uh, has happened. And it's thanks to the, uh, the field owners at the base level. No, I agree. So, uh, next, next question. Let's talk about your, uh, WNXL pro team, the heroines. So the first event as like kind of going back and doing my research, uh, largely through, uh, PB leagues. So the first event I can find of the heroines was world cup 2021, where they competed in Division Four X Ball as an all-female team. So, can you tell us more about uh, the motivation behind the creation of the heroines? No, absolutely. Um, Laurie and I were approached by Tom Cole, and we had spoken a little bit about it to Tom prior. But you know, Tom um, decided that it was time um, that we could have the, I guess, the bandwidth to be able to start a female professional league. And uh, he reached out to us and said, hey, what do you think? And I said, because we had been doing Team USA for the last two years. And, um, you know, B. Paxson did a really great job in 2019 collaborating with us um, at the Combine to really get a women's team going. So we, we got a really good turnout, I think, for that Combine in 2019. We had over 20 women. I think it was 23 women compete in that Combine for 10 spots. And... Um, a lot of those women are still playing today and you know a lot of those women were on the heroines in its inception in 2021 we knew that that was going to be the exhibition year so we were getting ready for the exhibition that was happening at world cup which was a great success and um so we decided we were just going to put a team in uh the girls uh did a great job um, we went two and two that event and didn't make the playoffs but um, we, we grew from it and we went into the exhibition game knowing the layout really well. So we played really well in the exhibition as far as fire and ice go. Sweet. Yeah. And, uh, kind of since, since that, uh, first event and that first experience, I'm heading into the 2022 inaugural season, uh, the heroines got a third place and two first places and ended up taking the series title for the first season ever. So what did that accomplishment mean to both you and to your team? I think for Laurie, uh, myself and, and everybody in the team and the whole WNXL as a, as a whole, all the original partners, the six teams, it meant a lot to just have that place, right? That, that, a platform for all the ladies to showcase their talent and to show that you know there is a lot of talented female athletes out there and we took advantage of that that whole first year um i'll be honest we you know we as the heroines had had an advantage um having a majority of our team be the team usa 2019 2020 21 a lot of those females came from team usa and those relationships that laurie and i made over those years so uh, props to, to Dallas Five coming out winning the first event um, and um, and obviously winning World Cup uh, this year. So they have a great organization and it's a, it's a testament to Texas that they can come out and, uh, and win that first inaugural event and win this last one. Um, so the, the parity in the league, especially in 22, um, the, elevate, the talent elevated to a new level and I thought it was great. I think it was great for the league and it really challenged uh, the heroines this year. So congrats to the cheetahs, you know, taking second for three events in a row and, and winning first for the season. For sure. And, uh, so this, uh, 
kind of looking to this year, you already touched on how World Cup went, and this one's brought to us by uh, Bem Raps. So this year you got, uh, you did win an event, and you also got two thirds, and you finished second overall. So uh, you've already made some big moves in the off season. You've uh, picked up the Blanco sisters from uh, now former Team Destiny, and you also picked up uh, Daniela Rojas from uh, the Femmes. So can we expect any more shakeups from the heroines before the end of the off season? Um, okay, I guess I'll make, I can make an announcement on your show, but <clears throat> the, the last big name pickup that we have is, is Katie Kelly from, from destiny as well. So, um, Katie Kelly will wrap up the eight players. We did decide to shorten our roster this year to only go with eight players. Um, we wanted a really versatile crew, an athletic crew that could play a lot of points back to back if net, if needed. And, um, so we also wanted to shorten our roster. We felt that with the ladies only playing three events, we wanted to get them the most playing time. And uh, with the roster that we assembled, we're very confident that they can you know, play with only eight players deep. All right. Well, there's uh, there's some big breaking news right there for everybody listening. Uh, so uh, I guess you kind of answered this question. So uh, here in the chat, I've got uh, I'm something new that I'm, uh, trying out since the podcast is now part of the YouTube partner program is I'm going to be doing uh, viewer polls uh, during the live episode uh, where the uh, viewers can vote on one uh, what I'm calling spicy question to ask uh, the guest that comes on. And so uh, the one that they voted on here is uh, why did uh, Alexis Laser and uh, Nicole end up leaving the the program? That was a very tough decision for Laurie and I. Um, <clears throat> definitely consider everyone that um, released, I guess, or, you know, we had to sh shorten our roster. We felt that when we won Chicago this year, we did only r run with eight, even if we had more on the roster. The, the actual players playing were eight. Um, and it really just came down to a numbers game with some of the pickups that we, that we made. Uh, Nicole and Alexis are unbelievable players, and there's no way that they're not going to end up on another WNXL team. Um, they're very steady players, and um, again, super hard choice for Laurie and I. <clears throat> it really just came down to us shortening the, uh, the roster down to eight players, and we didn't want to have um, that controversy of players really trying to fight for playing time. We feel with the eight players we do have, that they're all accountable and are going to be doing work to contribute to the team. Um, so we just, we just felt again, that it was a numbers game of going down to eight and we didn't want to have people not uh, playing as much or riding the bench. So if we felt that there wasn't as much versatility in players. We had to kind of move on from that. And uh, again, it was a super tough choice. And uh, those two specific players of, of, as well as, the other two players are not playing. Well, I guess there's six total heroines not returning. Uh, Rosie retired. Um, Baby Spice, Janaea Curtis is um, pursuing college. And then uh, the other four players, um, two of which you just mentioned, are, are probably going to be on other WNXL teams. They're too talented not to be. Yeah, especially with the finishes that y'all have had these last two years, I'm sure that those players are definitely going to be uh, making making waves on other rosters for next season. 
Yeah, we're we're not really excited to see them on the other side of the field, to be honest. For sure. Well, uh, I guess it's a it's a good problem to have, though. Whenever you're also picking up the level of talent that you that uh, you have picked up so far this off season. Yeah, it's a testament to the league, like we just talked about. The level of women's play right now is so high that you have five or six teams that are going to be vying for it next year for sure. And that's obviously 60% of the teams. There will be other teams being added. I know Cerakados have earned a spot for sure, um, having won the amateur division overall. Excuse me, and I think you're going to see um, a couple other teams that are, you know, Destiny is, is obviously shopping their spot. So there's going to be some announcements soon of other WNXL teams that um, will be taking like Destiny's spot and stuff like that. So I'm hoping that we'll be 10 strong for next year in the WNXL. Oh, that would be very exciting to see. I know there's been a, a couple of questions as far as who, who would step up for Destiny's spot if anybody um, you know, kind of what the health and the direction of the WNXL is going to be. But if they're going to be possibly expanding to 10, that's going to be very exciting, make it a uh, much more interesting and much more varied uh, matchups throughout the year. Yeah. And there's some pickups that haven't probably been, they're not, they're not official. So I'm not going to say that they're pickups, but you know, I watch social media. I, I talk to other team owners and there are other destiny players that are out there practicing with other teams right now. So that that talent, which was a fully stacked roster, has spread out throughout the league. So it's just going to make a lot of teams better. And uh, there was some WNXL teams, I'm sorry, some WNXL amateur teams like the Suricados, uh like the San Francisco Sirens, um, and other other good teams that are have a lot of good players. So the Sirens were the majority of what was the Diamonds. Um, that were a WNXL team. So again, the talent level for female play is really high right now. Absolutely. Uh, and it's good to see that the WNXL is uh, kind of accomplishing their goal on that front of uh, ele- like promoting and elevating uh, women's play in the sport. No, absolutely. That was the goal and, and uh, we're surely, short, surely getting there. It's not, you know, it's a work in progress and um, we're hoping to retain and bring in more new people than we lose, obviously. For sure. Uh, and I think that that's just a uh, part of the game at this point. So, uh, welcome, welcome to the, the pros ladies. Uh, this is now you're uh, part of the off season drama as much as uh, everybody else is part of. Yeah, no, exactly what you just hit it on the head there, you know, losing Rosie, our captain was very tough, but she's put 12, 15 years into this sport. Um, losing our coach, Brad, we, that's something we're still um, have some feelers out for. And we have a couple high-level candidates that are hoping to, to coach the heroines. But like you said, this, the female division in the pros should be treated no differently than the men's. And there's going to be some off-season off moves. There's going to be people leaving teams for other teams. And, and that's part of the drama and part of uh, professional sports. For sure. And part of the uh, excitement, too. Oh, and uh, let's see. So actually we have our very first, uh, looks like super chat here uh, from Scary Kids MLG. And I just want to highlight their question because they are the first one to donate here live on stream. And uh, their question is, uh, 
Let's see, it says, I have a question. I'm trying to understand why uh, you guys cut Nicole and Alexis. Nicole was the MVP in Chicago and was balling at Cup, and Alexis pulled some clutch moments. I mean, I think we kind of went over that a little bit. Um, just, uh, Anthony, I'll let you uh, kind of speak to that a little bit more. Yeah, I think it just goes to the talent of the roster we currently have. Um, I'm not saying that Nicole and Alexis are not incredibly gifted players because they are. Um, we kind of looked at a body of work and, uh, and also, you know, we had a season where we didn't, we weren't on top. There's only one team that can really be happy, maybe two. And that's Dallas five and the cheetahs and cheetahs won it for the season, but you know, they didn't grab a win. So I'm sure that they're trying to improve their team and, and get a win next year. And, you know, Dallas five won the last event of the year and they won world cup. That's the biggest thing. So they can be happy, but I'm sure that they're looking to improve their team as well. You know, we weren't one of those two teams that we shouldn't have been happy. We're not happy. And uh, we're making changes that we think are going to better our team. And I'm sure Nicole and Alexis are, are going to get picked up on some of those teams that feel like they're going to help their team win. And they 100% are going to help their team win. Um, you make decisions that are, that are tough. And uh, you don't know if they're going to come back to bite you, but where we're going to ride with the eight that we have right now. And we're, we're happy to do so at this point. All righty. Well, I uh, think well said, there's your answer right there. Scary kids, MLG. Thank you for the uh, two now super chats. So uh, we're going to continue on. Uh, so this next question is brought to us by Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. And we're going to talk about another team that you own, but this one is much, much bigger. So you were the owner of the team USA organization, which competes over in Europe under the United Paintball Federation. So what is uh, what exactly is your role? What are all of the things that you do for Team USA? Um, I guess my official role is I'm like the chairperson for, for the Federation. Um, again, along with Lori, we do a lot of work organizing it. We have some really good people on a board with us as well that, that help us uh, and guide us when we need to. But yeah, as far as you know, the day-to-day business of, of Team USA, it's Laurie and I. And um, we, again, we were surrounded by really good people. You know, Ryan Greenspan was the captain and of the master's team. Marcelo Magat was the captain of the men's team. And, uh, and Nikki McEvers really helped out with the female team uh, that we selected. So the, the organization as a whole has five teams, the masters, the women's, the men's, the U16 and U19. And, uh, yeah, it's a it's a lot of work, very rewarding, um, but but yes, a lot of work. I I bet. I mean, that's uh, a lot of logistics, a lot of uh, planning throughout the year, a lot uh, with the selection process as well. But it seems to have paid off this year. And this question is brought to us by Paintball Kumite, which is Colt Roberts' training regimen. Uh, so this past appearance by Team USA was a clean sweep across all divisions. And the U19 team even went and also won the semi-pro division after winning the U19 division. So did your selection process change uh, heading into this past year's event? And how do you, how do you typically go about choosing players? So no, I don't, the process of selection didn't change this year. I think the difference was this year is we just had a really organized group. We had a lot of returning players that, um, matriculated up through um, BKI summer camps. Um, they went to the, all the combines. They went to the, the you know tryouts 
this is their second and third time. So now we've got a team that is coming back. It's not has to start from scratch. Um, to be honest, for especially for the U19 team, it, Wrecking Crew was pretty much created around keeping our U19 kids together playing all year long. And, uh, you know, shout out to Rob from Wrecking Crew that, you know, kind of took the ball and ran with it there. And uh, a lot of the dads, Colton's dad, uh, Chip's dad, Will's dad, you know, uh, Chris Lewis with um, and his son, where they all, uh, Brody, we they all just made a commitment to try to keep that group together, which helped us have a real good core. So, you know, the first year... Colton was uh, U16 eligible. Brody last year was playing on both teams. So um, having the ability to have seasoned, um, experienced players that have played together um, as a core group, and then you bring in all these other kids that we've been able to get from the West Coast when we do a combine out West. Now we're going to have the ability to go into Texas, which is arguably the the hottest um, hotspot for players in the country right now. So we're in a really good spot to be able to scout players and, and bring them to the team USA tryout. So to, to kind of go a little deeper of how we do the process is through the combines. We then, we look to see what we have for talent. They get invited to a tryout. That tryout is in Boston this year. That tryout is going to be May 4th and 5th. And, um, and the returning players, get a free invite back to that tryout so they can quote unquote skip the combine um and then usually we have around 30 30 40 last year i think was the most and we had like low 30s uh trying out for 15 spots um so we we've been lucky like i said we've have had really good coaches marcelo nikki uh, kyle berry you know all of these guys Pat Kraft helped when he was over there. Um, this year, I think Ryan Gray is going to be helping us coach. Uh, we had SK uh, coaching over there. So we've we've been lucky to have good participation from all the player base across the board. So we want to continue to do that and, uh, and grow every year. So we're not sitting back on our laurels here. We're going into Texas with the idea of – of stealing your top talent and, and having them all come out to Boston and try out and, and go over there and replicate what we did this year. Well, I can tell you that Texas is excited to uh, start contributing to the uh, national teams uh, more than just uh, sending our, uh, you know, Colt Roberts and Alex Martinez and Archie Montemayor over, um, you know, contribute at all levels on all different uh, rosters. So this next question is brought to us by why I paintball. Uh, do you have any other news that you can tell us about uh, next year's Team USA or um, like the process that uh, players can apply to try out? Uh, I know you said that uh, the uh, returning players will have the opportunity to just go directly to the tryout in May. Um, but other than that, what are the opportunities for uh, players to get recognized or uh, given looks? So the th- you got the three professional teams, right? At, at this point, um, the master's team is all men's pro and men's team is all men's pro. The women's team is all women's pro. So the only way to really break those barriers is you got to play pro. Um, 
if you're U16 or U19 eligible, then going to the combine is 100% your way to get noticed. Um, as well as you're going to make great networks of people. You know, again, I'm going to reference um, Ben Slofer, who's playing for the Golden Misfits right now, who you know, came through a clinic that Marcelo did out in Ohio when he was 12, and then he kept on playing and, and became went to a BKI summer camp. And then he went and played on Team USA, and now he's playing on a semi-pro team. People like Trent Nitta that came up through the, the process and, you know, we're playing on Ironman. Now he's back on Misfits. He's another BKI, you know, summer camp uh, Team USA kid. Colton Dahl, Chip McFarlane, Will Newberry, you know, all those guys. Brandon Trujillo, who plays on Aftermath. You know, he, you know, he was from the BKI summer camp. Uh, I'm not saying that they owe anything to us or that's the only reason they got to where they got to. They, they got there because they put the work in and they're very, very talented people but these are the these are there's a clear path from BKI the combine team USA and to playing at a very high level and if you want to be on that path it's laid out for you um if you're from Texas there's like 20 spots left for the combine you really need to go there um I'm really excited to see what Texas has to offer uh, I've seen some of the players that have come out of Texas obviously it's been a banner year for Texas with paintball fit, going pro, vibe, winning World Cup. Um, you know, you got an Austin Notorious winning the spot last year. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I think that Texas can contribute 100% to that process, and I'm looking forward to the talent out there. Yeah, Texas is definitely a hotbed right now, uh, going what, two for two in the last two promotions. And then before that was uh, the New Orleans Hurricanes, who have spent a lot of time competing in Texas in the divisional uh, with uh, the USXBL and other kind of local scenes. So they're very close as well. And then before that was AC Diesel. So uh, Texas has been on a hot streak in getting teams to the pro level and uh, having very good showings overall. Uh, and I do want to talk more about the... Uh, the combine event that is happening here in Texas at X factor paintball park in a little bit. Uh, but uh, some of the other hats that you wear in paintball, I want to cover as well, which again, we said so many that uh, we couldn't list them all in the title, which uh, we have listed your ownership of uh, BKI, your ownership of team USA and the heroines, but you also operate uh, two Boston paintball locations as well as committed paintball. So I want to, first start with your field. So what all is your role in operating them and how did you come to own not one, but two separate locations? Yeah, I, again, I was lucky enough to get Boston university at the right time. Um, I started working in the industry while I was going to college at, at an indoor field outside of Boston. And I met my business partner, Matteo Gallo um, in 1990. We started playing paintball together. We decided that, you know, there was a need for paintball place downtown in Boston. A lot of people thought we were crazy because we, the rents we were paying and, and being, you know, downtown in a city. Uh, we were there for 11 really good years in that location. And just every time we moved, we moved to a bigger and better location. We want, you know, we were inside malls. Um, our last indoor field was 45,000 square feet and completely in in uh, case with glass viewing area, it was uh, it was bigger than regulation size field. 
at 30 foot ceilings. Um, again, it was like a, it was a premier location that we've built out. Um, unfortunately due to COVID that, that facility closed, but we still have our two other main, uh, facilities, one in Maynard, Massachusetts, where I run the NEXL with all, you know, Laurie and I and T2 and all the, my son from Boston paintball, we all run, um, all the fields together. Uh, T2 is someone a lot of you viewers might know as the guy that uh, is, does all the Twister lives. So back in in the 90s, we started making custom autocockers. It was like Shock Tech, us, Caesar was making his P&P cockers. And we came out with a Twister design body in the in the mid 90s. And, um, and when T2 came back to work for us after he became an, a little, an adult, he his little guy worked for us, then went into the, the job market and came back. And when he came back, he really re, uh, revitalized the Twister brand. And we started putting that type of milling on some of the modern platforms, I think starting with the LV1. And then, uh, yeah, it's been going forward ever since. And now Committed Paintball has brought on a, another really good uh, partner in Austin Mayo, who we're really expanding the Committed line. And um, we're going to be doing monthly drops on our committed site and our Twister product line is going to really grow uh, laterally this year. So I'm excited for all the products that we have coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think this year, especially, uh, we've seen a lot of like very creative things within uh like the milled marker space in general and, and custom markers, both with milling and with anodizing. And it, I think it's super cool that we're finally getting back to having a little bit more personal flair versus the whole kind of black on black team package era that we've been in from like 2015 to 2019 or 2020. I agree with you. Um, and fold from the heroines will not agree with you because she'll take the black on black all day. But um, no, we have a lot of, collabs with other people you say you know about the creation right now going on we have a lot of collaborations with other people that are being creative in our industry right now so we're excited to be doing that um we're in the process right now of hopefully signing the deal with two pro teams uh new orleans hurricanes and nyx uh to use twister products so it'll be the first time that you know besides infamous that's using um you know a private label gun as a sponsorship so we're excited to work with them and create some real real cool products with them and really help uh drive their brands yeah, that's awesome i can't wait to see that um and yeah it's especially on the pro level for those guys that's a that's a really cool opportunity for them so uh kind of going back to uh your fields boston paintball so looking at uh like just trying to my best to do some research ahead of time looking at your website both of your uh current locations have some very cool like set pieces and very fleshed out wood fields and your uh, Maynard location has three tournament fields and then your Ashland location has a indoor field. So was it a part of your overall strategy to differentiate your fields from each other to offer different experiences? Yeah, that's exactly right. So when we you always want to compete or not compete, compare yourself to I, I do, and Laurie does, and everybody T2, when we look at it, the creative way, is like Disney. So we, when you have an Epcot Center and you have an Animal Kingdom, everything is different, and you want to go back and visit different parks. 
and uh, we even we work well together with all of our other fields in our area um, to create. We have like a pass that's good for six different fields, and uh, we we try to get together. We got together in the um, week uh, month the month after I got back from Paris, and all the fields get together in our area, and we try to create something that is going to be like that Disney experience where we we know people will stay in the sport longer if they have variety and they have a change of experience. So that's what we tried to do with our two parks. And then even collectively as New England, we try to do with all other parks to to make sure that people do try other parks. And, and if they have a good experience wherever they're going, they're still going to end up at the place that's closest to them or more convenient or that they like the best. But at least they stay in the sport. And that's kind of what we collectively as the fields in new England, try to promote. Gotcha. Is that what, uh, the, uh, play safe coalition is? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at your website right now and it says, uh, Boston paintball parks are part of the play safe coalition. Is that part of kind of your, uh, the coalition between all the different locations or. We, we have like a new England alliance is a little different. That play safe is actually been, was designed by rusty glaze who does our websites and he, during, especially during COVID, was trying to make sure that fields, that was part of the reason some of us all got together in the first place. Some of us worked together like a handful, like three of us. And then once COVID hit, we all got together and tried to write some real guidelines that we could go to the state with to try to open up safely. And what you're reading there is part of that coalition that Rusty, who runs our websites, um, created for more than just New England, he did that for almost all of his clients to try and uh, make the customers and states feel comfortable to let us reopen. Gotcha. Oh, that's uh, that's cool of him to do that. And uh, I just realized that I deadbolted my wife out of the apartment. So I'm going to ask you this next question and then go let her in. Uh, so okay. uh, have your different locations always had uh, this many different fields uh, or uh, as far as like when you've been involved or what was the process like for deciding how to expand? That's a good question. Like, like anything, I don't think you want to be stale. So you're trying to change things as, as often as you possibly can. There's a lot of work and a lot of thought that goes into the theme of a field. Most of the locations we have are in really high traffic areas. So we don't have that expansive hundred acre park. You know, our parks are smaller than most, and we try to utilize the property we do have. So we run a lot of players through, but our, I guess, model, our business model is more of them playing two to three hours and not playing even a half a day or definitely not a full day. While we offer some of our players with their own equipment that opportunity, it's more um, birthday party, corporate outings. Or even if you're playing walk-on, that you're going to come in and play a lot of games in a very short amount of time because our fields are closer together. Um, you don't have to walk a whole lot. Everything's pretty efficient. And most of our fields, our, our one field in Ashland only has three fields. And then our one field in Maynard only has four fields running at the same time. Um, we don't ever have three tournament fields running at the same time. Gotcha. So, um, 
As far as like, do you ever uh, kind of refresh or update or change out how those fields look uh, kind of like over time just by popular demand or how, how does that process look as far as keeping things fresh? One, one we try to keep it clean. Um, but yeah, every so often, probably it probably really only happens for us every three to five years where we totally take something down and start over. We just started a little a Star Wars replica field in the back of Ashland. That's what we've been working on this year. It'll be completed for spring of next year. Um, the Apocalypse City field, which is that set field that you've seen, that has like ambulances, police cars, two-story buildings, stuff like that. That one there is more of um, just maintaining at this point. We do change some things that are movable to keep it fresh. But, you know, obviously you can't move a, a town hall that's two stories. So, yes, I think that maybe in the next year or two, we're probably going to have to reface that whole building and, and make some major changes. Gotcha, for sure. Uh, uh, so I also want to briefly uh, touch on committed paintball as well. So what all is your role with committed and do you have anything uh, on the horizon? I mean, I know you already talked about uh, potentially sponsoring NYX and the hurricanes, uh, but anything else that you can give us a sneak peek on? Um, we're going we're to make some big splashes this year for sure. We have some manufactured product coming out. We have, again, collaborations with maybe vendors people don't think we would have. We certainly haven't had with them in the past. So um, we're really expanding laterally across working with a lot of different vendors and different platforms. Obviously, we're known for working with Planet Eclipse on the high end with guns. We've done several different platforms with them. Uh, but this year, we, you know, we are going to go into other directions as well, as well as working more closely with Planet with other products that are not just markers. Very cool. Uh, we'll be excited to see what all's in store. Uh, so just want to check in here on the chat real quick. Uh, so uh, this question here is from uh, Chris Isaacs, who you're very familiar with. Uh, he asks, uh, what role does, uh, uh, I'm just going to shorten all of these different nicknames that he has for uh, Nikki Cuba. Uh, what role does Nikki Cuba play with the team? Uh, for that one event, I think it was event one of this year, Nikki came out and really did help um, assist the girls uh, learning that layout. It was tough with only having one weekend this year, so we did have Nikki come out. Brad also coached ECE semi-pro team, so he was pulled in multiple directions. So it, uh, I personally had missed Nikki. I hadn't seen him in forever. Um, he would come and stay at my house multiple times a year when we were doing combines and, and different clinics in the past. So he and I are really close uh, and uh, and I missed him. So I, I got him to come out for that one event. So it was special. Sweet. Um, let's see. This uh, comment is from Amy Dahl. Uh, says, uh, what an incredible job Anthony and Lori have done with BKI and Team USA. Much love. Without them, these kids would not be where they are today. That's very appreciative. Uh, like I said earlier, they, they might not be exactly where they are, but Colton's uh, 100% a, a worker, deserves where he is, and uh, I'm excited to see what Wrecking Crew does in the semi-pro division. For sure. Yeah, semi-pro is going to be a very interesting uh, thing. Uh, it seems like now with uh, Blast Camp going up that uh, semi-pro division is wide open. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I've been doing this 30-something years, and I, <laughs> you always think like, oh, man, they left. This is, you know, my year. And there's always someone else that comes up that is right there with you thinking the same thing. So um, I do think the teams that win can win at any division. Like, it's, it takes a lot to win. You know, like, you take, like, a team like 187 Crew way back in the day or a paintball fit. And they, you know, they start out D3 and they're winning everything. And then they go to D2 and they're winning everything. And then they go to D1 and they're winning everything. So it's like once you start to win and you learn how to win, which Wrecking Crew has, then I think that is one big success that they're going to have going into D1 that they can lean on is that they know how to win. They have won before. So obviously the level jumps each time you go up a division. But I think they're going to be in the mix. 100%. And uh, just to give some love to my local Texas teams, I know that uh, a team that Wrecking Crew was very familiar with all year, Shut Up or Trying, is also going to be making the jump to semi-pro. So it's going to be very uh, exciting to continue to watch that rivalry uh, face off, but now on the uh, Facebook stream. Yeah, the Premier Field, the shout out to Comp Paintball and the NXL Live crew. I think that 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 is one of my bigger accomplishments along with all the uh, owners of the WNXL and Laurie and uh, Matt Engels was very much involved and, and Vince and, um, and Bob from Comp. So I, I that Premier Fields webcast is uh, something that is a work in progress, but we have passionate people that are always trying to improve it. So I, I think it's the best bang for the, for the money uh, out there right now. No disrespect to Ghost Sports, but you know we do a really good job on that field for a free webcast. Oh, absolutely, and uh, it's it's been one of the the cooler things to see come out of the come out of the NXL or I guess Major League Paintball now. But uh, it's been it's been really cool to watch that uh, be offered and continue to grow their offering. Yeah, it was something that you know. I don't want to say demanded, but it was pretty much a demand. When the WNXL was first created, it was there was talks of us being on the on the pro field, men's pro field with Go Sports, and it's like it's not going to happen. It's not there's not enough time in the day, and there's not enough room. So you know you really needed to create another space where the WNXL could be, and obviously the semi pros deserve that uh, recognition. And uh, it wasn't just the webcast. You know the the number of refs is up on that field. The quality of the refing is up on that field. So um, it, it was much needed and much deserved, not only for the women, but certainly the semi-pro men as well. Absolutely. Let's uh, see another comment here on uh, on the chat from Sasha Zucker, who's a, a fan favorite here in Texas. Uh, he asks, uh, how does one get on the Masters USA team? Asking for a friend who was the USXPL Masters champion in finals MVP. Oof. Um, you either have to donate to uh, Sloan Greenspan's college fund and or really start playing men's pro because I don't know if you saw the roster we had, but it was an unfair roster that went out there to compete in Masters. So um, I wish I had a better answer for you, but if you're, if you're eligible, which means that you turn 40 – you can turn 40 in 2024. So you don't even need to be 40 at the event. You just need to turn 40 in the calendar year. And every year I do an APPA 
search of who's eligible in rank of uh, APPA rank. And, you know, the first year I did it in 2019, it was like three or four legit pros. And every year it, you just add three or four more. Forget about legit pros. You know, all of a sudden all of Dynasty is eligible and you're like, oh boy. And we were lucky enough that they all acquiesced and uh, were really good sports about going over there and um, putting together some really great memories for hopefully themselves as well as as all the fans that got to go over there and uh, and watch a real um, display. You know, Team USA really did raise the bar over there. And I've been over there three years, three, three years. COVID took out a year. So three full years of going and um, a European level of play is, is really on the rise. And you can see that now with some of the European men coming over and playing and the American pros. But I can see it from 2019 to last year, every division, U, U16, U19, women's, um, the European women, there's a few studs over there as well. I don't know the female word for a stud. I guess that's not a not the right <laughs> phrase, but they, there are some uh, really good female players over there as well. So um, the just paintball's level of play has just gone up tremendously in the last four years. Overall, you, you know, you're going to have some of the men pro say, no, you know, the same pros are still the best. And that there's an argument for that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying collectively going over and seeing that's what kind of my job as the general manager of the heroines, the general manager for in all sense of the team USA program is that I'm looking at talent. I'm looking at personnel. I'm looking at people's attitudes and how well that they'll interact on a team. And I can tell you that, you know, we talked about it. The female play is up tremendous and Europeans are on the rise as well. Absolutely. Uh, one more uh, message in the chat for now uh, from Daniela Rojas. Uh, says, uh, way to out, Katie. So, well, Katie didn't want to get announced, so the, don't play that game. <laughs> if you tell me not to do something, you pretty much have told me to do it. Love it. All right. Um, so uh, this next question is brought to us by uh, FU Athletics. Uh, so throughout everything that you have done in your time in paintball, do you have a singer? Do you have a single favorite moment in your career so far? Ooh, um, it'll be tough to put a single. I'll pull out a couple. I know I'll cheat a little here, but I know that the first year we ever ran BKI summer camp was real special. Um, it was really rewarding having you know, 40 players come out, spend the whole week immersed in the experience of being with six of their pros. And when you really think about what those players got to experience, just you have to kind of put it on a different sports level because, you know, uh, Tyler Harmon, Marcelo Margot, Ryan Greenspan, Nick Slowiak, Kyle Spicka, you know, all these guys that were are there uh, Nick Laval that are at the so summer camp. They're like the Tom Brady's They're you know, they're the Peyton Manning's, whatever sports people that you think are the absolute best. That's what these players are to these aspiring pro paintball players. And they get to hang out with them 24 seven and really get an immersed experience from when 
They get picked up at the airport in in a 15 passenger van, and you know Marcelo or Ryan or Nick Slowiak is in the in the driver's seat in the passenger seat, welcome welcoming you to Boston, grabbing your gear bag, throwing it in, and then you know from there you're going back and you're you're having a chef's experience with Michael Carmen from AfterShock back in the day, like it. The first year that we did that, experienced it, I, I really felt like that was my one of my more rewarding um, experiences in paintball, saying that we really did something special here and we really did something completely right. Um, and then it's it's hard to say that winning five gold medals last year as the Team USA program isn't up there. Um, and, and then just bringing the whole WNXL fruition with our fellow WNXL franchises was really special as well. That exhibition game um, sits sits in my head. You know, we were partnered with uh, the Vibe girls and, uh, and and the heroines were on our side. And I think it was Allison Cook of the Diamonds as well. And uh, we had a really good time. And every one of the, the women athletes there had amazing time and they felt what it was like to potentially be a pro athlete, so that was really special. And then winning the the year the the World Cup last year as the first WNXL team and winning the season and having all the girls go to Charlie's and 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 have that experience. To me, it's all about bringing them that that pro experience, and that's what I want, and that's what I was I'm excited uh, to have for the heroines this year, but. I, I do root for the underdog no matter what. And secretly I root for teams. I root for parity. I do. I don't, as much as I try to build a team that can win every single event, and I want to win every single event, there's, some, there's parts of me that when Cheetahs beat us or, or Vibe beats us that I'm happy because those things make the league better. They make all the other players engaged more, hopefully. And, and they deserve it. They were playing better than us. You know, I don't mind getting beat. I, I mind beating on myself or beat our team beating themselves. But I said from um, watching a game, so like I said to you earlier, I watch all the games. I'm there scouting for Team USA while I'm watching WNXL games. And I knew that when when Vibe was playing that they were the team to beat. And I told the girls that all week long. And be prepared because they also play a similar style. You know, it's an AC Dallas type of style. That's how they play. Brad is an old AC Dallas coach, and he coaches similarly sometimes. And it's going to come down to who makes a mistake. And uh, so I'm again, those are the experiences that really stick out for me in the last five or ten years. All right, yeah, those are definitely uh, some very good ones to choose from. Uh, so this next question is brought to us by our newest uh, sponsor, uh, partner of the show, 71 Design. So let's talk about uh, another one of your IPs, BKI Paintball. So the BKI name is obviously well known here in Texas uh, with uh, origins with the San Antonio X Factor. But how did you come to uh, own the name? We touched on this briefly, but yeah, Grayson, I had him come to a national combine one year because obviously he's a phenomenal teacher. Uh, passionate about learning, uh, passionate about teaching and, and having people have palatable information that they can learn from. So it was a no-brainer to have him out to the Combine 
And then when he was transitioning um, out of it, you know, basically he was getting a new full-time job doing stockbroker and he just didn't have the time to commit. And he just thought it was a natural progression to pass it off to us. And when he did so, we, you know, we made the choice to partner up with, you know, Ryan Marcello, uh, Tyler, Greg Sewers at the time was, was a big contributor, Slowiak, Nick Laval. Um, so it, it's really more of a partnership than anything else. Gotcha. Well, uh, coming up here uh, pretty soon, in, and this question is brought to us by Hydra. Uh, BKI is going to have the combine here in Texas at X Factor uh, Paintball Park, February 3rd and 4th. So for anybody who's listening that has no idea what the combine is or has never heard of it, like, could you tell us like what all does the combine involve? Yeah, sure. Um, you can go to the combine and you can see some of the drills. We have five or six fundamental drills that we run with, you know, running and shooting, uh, snake drill where you're doing a little bit of a diving, um, snap shooting, off the brake shooting, lateral slide. There's lots of fundamental skills that people can scout and watch you showcase your skills, improve your skills. So when we first started the combine, it was really bring together players looking for teams and teams looking for players. It was that simple of why we wanted to create it. We, you know, we saw some teams at the end of the year that were losing players, whether they were off going to college, they were starting to have families and we saw our local teams either starting to merge or starting to just fall off. And we thought of, you know, what better idea than to emulate the NFL combine and having it be something that we do during the off season because we always had the indoor field. So we were pinning numbers on people's backs and, and having them run through drills, typically um, being put on by the pro players. Greg Hastings was at the original uh, combine. We're really dating ourselves now. Um, so he, he was a big help in getting the one of the first combines off the ground, again, along with uh, the pro team, New England Hurricanes. And um, that was the main goal. And it's still kind of the goal is, is to network, have players come. Even if you're not U16 or U19 eligible, you know, we're, we make an effort to try and talk to the field and try to get local team captains at the field to see some players that you might not have seen. Um, and there's obviously Texas is massive. And uh, you could be in San Antonio – but a player from Dallas could come. Um, you know, obviously we have a good connection with Paintball Fit, and you know we may have run asked to run the, the combine there, but it's just a little too cold. I've been in Dallas in uh, March, and I remember being wrapped up in a Greg Pauly uh, sweatshirt, and uh, it was really cold. So I said we got to hedge our bet a little bit here and go a little further south. And Alex has been great, and uh, with Team USA and always supporting Team USA in the combine. So. We're happy to go down and, and have Jeff and Alex host. Well, we're uh, looking forward to having you there. So as far as the combine experience goes, you said it's more of a showcase versus uh, a clinic. So uh, would you say there's like it, it's less about like learning new skills versus showing off what you've got? I mean, if gun to my head, I'd say yes. But um, there are professors there. And this year is the most professors we've ever had. At a combine, we have our six BKI professors, um, and Kyle Berry, who was at our summer camp, 
And then Thomas Taylor, who's been to multiple combines and runs in affiliation with us, a local combine at his field. So um, this is, you're going to have eight legit, you know, Hall of Famers almost uh, out here. And they, and they always are teaching you, you know, usually you have two runs at whatever you're doing. And as you're walking back from doing whatever drill you did, one of the professors is there that critiquing you and saying, Hey, the next time you do that, you know, do this. And, and they're, you know, always trying to help you and they're show, you know, showing you stuff prior to doing the drill, but it's not a clinic. I would, you know, it, I do want to make that clear that it's, it's not your typical clinic. You're going to get some tips and cues, but we expect that you're going to be semi-prepared by going onto the paintball combines website, watching all the drills hopefully setting up some of the drills prior to going to the combine and practicing them. Because I can tell you that we have a leaderboard up on paintball combine and some of these, some of these combine participants in years past, they're at pro level. Like the pros can't do it as fast as they've, they've done it, you know? So, uh, or some of the pros and even will, some of our guys will go out there after they see a crazy score and try to emulate it. And they're right there. And I remember Nick Laval saying, one time when I think it was an off the break shooting or I think it might've been running and gunning actually. And Nick went and did it afterwards. And he, and Nick was right there with this top performer. And he was like, yeah, that, that's about what you can do. So uh, it's very impressive to see if you put the time in and you have the intention of really competing at this combine, what you can do. And uh, it's nice to see people improve too. So we have seen people come to multiple combines and do really well. We've seen people go to the summer camp after five days of doing a real clinic and high-level clinic, too. At the, at the end of the night, we're film reviewing people doing drills. So these are all things that you only get out of it what you put in, right? So I think that if you come in prepared, you'll have a lot of fun at the Combine. You'll ch hopefully challenge yourself and at least walk away knowing what you need to improve on. For sure. So, um, as far as the, the target demographic here for the combine, so even for players that aren't either the right age, maybe they're too young or too old to try out for the U16 or U19 teams, is the combine still an experience worth signing up for, even for guys that maybe are in their 20s or 30s, uh, just looking to uh, get something out of the experience? You know, I, I'm biased, obviously, but I 100% think so. I mean, the value's there. Um, you're getting a you know, custom jersey. You're getting two cases of paint. You're you're coming down and being surrounded by again eight eight of the best pros to play paintball, and um, you have the opportunity to pick their brain. You'll network a little bit. You know, um, a lot of the times the professors end up talking to you if they see that there's something there. Um, you can then you know reach out to them sometimes. And again, paintball is about making connections and, and networking. You never know. You know, down the road about being picked up on another team or um, like anything in life, the, so knowing the people is half the battle, right? So if you can open doors that typically are closed to you by going and meeting people, and then right there, what, well, what value do you put in that? Alrighty. And uh, so for anybody that's interested, that's listening, where can uh, they go to register? Um, paintballcombine.com and 
When I left today, I think there was 22 spots left. So, and um, trying to think if there was one. Oh, and we do have a special guest coming out. So Grayson is going to be there uh, in attendance this weekend. He's not going to be, I don't think, a professor and be out there all day, both days, but he's definitely making an appearance. And um, again, this is the beginning of the 10-year anniversary of BKI. So very excited to see Grayson. I haven't seen him in a couple of years. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're excited to see Grayson come back out. I know. Uh, so I, I work with uh, Ryan Brand on a daily basis, and I know that uh, he's talked about uh, making an appearance potentially as well. I'm sure that uh, other uh, local San Antonio guys like Alex Martinez and Colt Roberts will uh, try and pop their heads in too. So uh, yeah, go go sign up. And I also, uh, while we're on the subject of BKI, I also want to do a uh, uh, thank you for the uh, codes that you donated for this past weekend's joust event that I hosted at X Factor. Um, it was a lot of fun. And uh, for those listening or that maybe particip- participated in the joust, uh, Anthony here was uh, very generous and uh, donated a couple of codes to the uh, BKI website for uh, several months of subscription to the website. So uh, thank you for that. No, absolutely. Anybody that's out there looking for like the path that we've been talking about all night. Uh, I want to show them that path. So they're going to use the information. There's plenty on there and they'll get value out of it for sure. Definitely. So uh, this next question is brought to us by get that shot. Who's a uh, pro media member uh, from Texas. Uh, so message him, get that underscore shot on Facebook or Instagram for media coverage next year. If you're going to USXBL or the NXL, he will be at the full series next year. And he's also offering uh, team uh, sponsorship packages. So reach out to him. So uh, Anthony, this question is one that I ask everybody that comes on the show uh, so that we can learn more about maybe any up and comers or people that are flying under the radar or in general, just someone that we need to uh, like know about. So is there anybody in the paintball scene, either teams, players, brands, or projects that have caught your attention lately? Who do you think deserves more recognition for what they're doing? In Texas? Uh, it could be in Texas. It could be anywhere uh, in paintball, wherever you're familiar with. I know in the questions that I sent you, it's uh, specifically in Texas. But uh, yeah, just anybody anybody that you're familiar with that uh, needs to be recognized a little bit more. Um, again, I'm I'm biased, so I I don't I think WNXL teams in general, uh, but Dallas Vibe they put together a great great season with a exclamation point winning World Cup. Um, as as Team USA, I definitely have spoken to JC, trying to get her to uh, potentially play on Team USA, so I'll, I'll shout her out a little bit. Uh, Leslie Clewis had an amazing event as well at World Cup. Um, I told you earlier that uh, I think it's Landon Stavina uh, was at BKI Summer Camp. I'm really hoping to see him uh, at the Combine. I haven't checked to see if he registered yet, but he uh, is somebody I thought at Team USA potential. Um, obviously, everybody in Texas is doing something right. You guys are doing really well. So uh, I'm excited to come to Texas. Absolutely. We're excited to have you there. All right. So looking back at the chat for uh, any other questions, um, let's see, uh, Danielle, uh, 
not sure how to say your last name, Zyobron. Um, yep. Says, uh, really hoping for some more WNXL teams to pop up next season for sure. It's hard to find a team to get on. Um, let's see what else is in here. Uh, from username BBY Shady, I uh, said, uh, I signed up for the combine earlier tonight. Uh, cool. I'll, and, uh, cool. I'll check out the drills so I know what to expect. Yeah. Um, to comment on that, um, uh, Danielle, I know that the cheetahs are having a tryout the last weekend in January. If you want to make your way to Chesapeake. I know that that's happening. Um, destiny is still selling their spot. I don't know to who. If I did, I'd probably leak it now. But uh, I don't know for sure. So I'm hoping that that creates another new team. Um, I'd love to see a team potentially in that Midwest that's a little bit maybe north of uh, the Angels. But you got Archangels. They were only carrying, I think, eight players going into World Cup. So they might have some opportunities. Um and then what was the second part of that? Uh, just uh, they're checking out. Let's see. This other other user said they signed up for the combine earlier and that uh, they're going to go check out the BKI drill so that they know what to expect. Yeah, that's you're going to get the most out of the event by doing that. Um, you don't want to go out there and uh, be looking at a drill for the first time. It's it's very difficult. It'll pro- it'll make you way more anxious and nervous when you're standing in a line of say 16 people in your heat and you're looking at a rope that you have to dive under and crawl quickly, come up, take one shot, crawl again, take another one shot. It gets a lot more um, confidence when you've done that before. So if you talk to your local fields, I'm sure that they'll let you set something up um, if you're respectful and you clean up after yourself and set up. For sure. And then let's see, it looks like uh, one more question from uh, the same user, Scary Kids MLG, that donated earlier talking about uh, the the moves with Alexis and Nicole. Uh, if you want to comment a little bit more and dive a little bit deeper on that. Uh, their question was, and I'll, I'll try to rephrase it a little bit uh, to make it a little bit more answerable. Um, were there, uh, as, as far as the results this year with the heroines, um, is there... Any changes, I guess, within leadership as well to try and improve for next year? I know you've already said that uh, that uh, you're you're going to go through a coaching change as well. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think coaching was uh, our Achilles' heel last year. Brad won almost ninety something percent of the breakouts that we that we went out on there. Uh, execution was more of the issue. Um, but yes, we we have to go through a coaching change because Brad's not available for us to coach this year. Um, so yes, we are actively looking and, um, we have two top prospects that we're waiting to hear from and, uh, hopefully we'll be announcing who our coaches uh, sometime next week. All right. We'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, so that uh, just about does it for our show. Uh, this final question is brought to us by Compete, which is Jell Stewart's brand. Uh, message him on Facebook or Instagram. Mention In the Pits for 10% off of your order. Uh, this could be for soft goods, for uh, jersey, for team packages going into next year. Just uh, hit him up, mention the show. So, Anthony, thank you so much for your time and for your uh, involvement in the game and everything that you do for us. Uh, is there any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? 
I will shout out Gel because he's a great guy and his products are really good. We used him for Team USA one season. Um, so definitely shout out to Gel. If you have any of those soft good needs, he'll take care of you. And his turnaround times are pretty incredible for the custom uh, market, I can tell you that. Um, and then again, I want to thank you. I want to thank the media in general and how excited Laurie and I are to come to Texas along with all of our professors to do a good job for you guys and to hopefully see all the top talent out at the combine at X factor. Well, absolutely. I hope we, uh, we can make a, a good impression and a strong showing here pretty soon. So, uh, I think that, uh, does it. Thank you for your time and everybody tuning in. Thank you so much. Uh, be sure to go follow all of Anthony's different pages on Instagram. That's uh BKI paintball at BKI underscore paintball on Instagram. Follow team USA at team USA paintball. Follow the heroines at heroines paintball. Follow Anthony's personal account at Boston original. Also, let's see, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting Boston paintball. I think that's just at Boston paintball. Yep. And then, and then committed committed at, uh, and that's just at committed paintball all one world. Yeah. Or you can go to twister paintball. We got too many. You don't have enough time. We're just, we'll <laughs> kill the air. Well, uh, yeah, go follow him on all of those. Uh, he's got a lot of pages. He does a lot of things. Odds are if you're following paintball accounts, you're probably following him in some way, shape or form. All right. So, uh, what other guests would you all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below while you're at it. Hit that subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here on youtube.com slash at in the pits paintball podcast and recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple podcasts, and Spotify the next day. I want to give a shout out to my partner and sponsor to your subscribers on Patreon, which is uh, FE Athletics, Get That Shot, Paintball Kumite, Compete, Bem Raps, Skull Monkeys Paintball, Hydra, XTPL Events, YI Paintball, Mariachi Aguilas de Oro, Pod Runners Union, and uh, new supporter 71 Designs. Uh, I also want to give a public uh, thank you to everybody that participated in the joust event this past Sunday. It was a huge success. Uh, I know a lot of people had a ton of fun. I've been getting really good feedback from it. Uh, hopefully it's something that we can uh, make happen again in the future or maybe a more regular thing. Uh, and so, yeah, we will see you guys next week for episode 79. It will be at 11 a.m. Central time. And we're going to have Zizek, a.k.a. Paintball Nerd, coming on the show. Uh, so, uh, don't miss it. And yeah, we will see you then. Anthony, thank you so much. Thank you.